Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Daniel Nevins, and this week we'll be studying Tractate Ketubot, pages 73 through 79, which is the end of chapter 7, the beginning of chapter 8 of the Mesechet. Our chapter deals with unpleasant surprises found out after the wedding, first with things that the husband discovers about his wife, and then with things that the wife discovers about her husband. But let us not think that this is an egalitarian dynamic. The sages can consider many reasons why a man would drive away his new wife, but few reasons indeed why a wife would not tolerate her husband, even if he has difficult or even disgusting habits. Rather than read through every page with you, I'm going to give a daily overview and then focus on a few lines that give insight into the world of the sages. However, prepare yourself for Daf 77, Ayin Zayin, the last in chapter 7, since it is filled with gems of both halakha and agadah and will demand some extra time. Let's begin with the Mishnah on 72b, which deals with conditional marriage. The man is worried that his wife may have made pre-existing vows that could impinge on their joy together, or in the second half of the Mishnah, that she may have physical blemishes. And so in this Mishnah, which you should read on your own, the man stipulates that uh, he is betrothing her on condition, al minat, that she has not made any vows. She'ein aleha nidarim. You may recall that the Torah itself anticipates that a woman who makes vows, if her husband finds out about them, he can annul them as long as he does so promptly. Um, but after that, he's stuck with his wife's vows. What are these vows, anyway? In the Gemara, we learn that these are of an ascetic nature. This woman perhaps has vowed not to enjoy meat or wine or to wear colored clothes, and apparently her husband thinks that that's going to be a bummer. So he makes conditions. The legal discussions focus on the phrasing of his conditions to anticipate hers, also the time of discovery. At what stage is it discovered? Is it that she's made them before they were engaged, during their engagement, or during their marriage? And then there's a debate between Rob and Shmuel whether even in such a case she needs a get or not. They are in agreement that if he has stipulated that their marriage is conditional on her not having um, made any vows, that and then it's discovered that she does have vows, she takes below Ketuba that she's going to be divorced without receiving any marriage settlement, since it was a false sale in a way, a mekach ta'ud. But they have a debate about whether she should nevertheless receive a get. Rav says yes, but Shmuel says no. By the way, the second half of the Mishnah, which we'll focus on later, says something similar, that the man stipulates that he's marrying her on condition that she doesn't have any physical blemishes, mumim. And there too, if she hides these mumim from him and they get married and then they're discovered, he can divorce her without the marriage settlement. Let's skip ahead to page 73b, Ayin Gimel Amubet. There, several Amoraim say that while she may not be entitled to a get according to the Torah, 
Lidivrehem, that is, according to rabbinic law, she must nevertheless be given a get. And here I find it rather interesting. They say that, Rava explains, that Tana Safuke Misafgale, the Tana, that is, the author of the Mishnah, was uncertain, had doubts about the situation. That is to say, if the man has made a stipulation at the time of betrothal, but then he does not repeat his stipulation at the time of marriage, and then there's a discovery about the, um, the conditions that he had made, whether it was of, of a uh, mum, a, uh, a blemish, or whether it was of a neder, of a, uh, of a oath that she had taken. Uh, so the Mishnah seems to be doubtful. Well, okay, so he's made those conditions anticipating such a situation, so therefore she can be divorced without her ketubah, her settlement, but does she need to get the divorce document itself? They say here, Rava says that uh, because of the doubt, gave mamona lukula, regarding money, they were lenient in saying that, okay, we're going to say this wasn't a real marriage and therefore you, husband, don't have to pay her any money. Gabe isura lukuma, but regarding the prohibition, they were more stringent. What was the prohibition? Well, she may in fact be considered Ishit Ish to have been married and therefore belong to her husband. So if they were to say, well, he can just divorce her without a get, then there would nevertheless be a, a question about her status, and she would be unable to remarry um, without being accused of adultery. So the sages were mekil, they were more lenient in saying that he didn't have to pay the marriage settlement, but they were machmir, they were stringent in saying that he should nevertheless give her a get. Of course, it's only lenient if you look at it from his point of view, from the woman's point of view, saying that her husband doesn't have to pay her her marriage settlement, whether it's 100 zoos or 200 zoos, if she was her first marriage, which was apparently enough to live on for a year, is it may be easy for him, but it's certainly not good for, him, for her. Nevertheless, we have a principle, both in Jewish law and in secular law, that possession is nine-tenths of the law. And in Judaism, we say, if you are going to remove property from someone else, you have the burden of proof. And in this case, uh, she has the burden of proof to remove um, the property of her somewhat husband. And so this is the story of the Isha Nadranit, the woman who's made a vow. She's left with no husband, with no marriage settlement, and also no meat, wine, or colorful clothing to wear. The sages don't waste time weeping for her. But perhaps we should make up for that with a sympathetic reading. Come back tomorrow when on page Ayin Dalad 74, we will speak about how the man regards uh, the possible humiliation of his wife in court and whether this is something to be avoided or something that he seeks out. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.